all you cool cats and kittens out there. This is Katie. Anyone else have a lot of time on their hands and watching Tiger King? No one? Okay. Well, this is Katie Lee speaking for me and Malachi to just say thank you so, 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 so much for supporting us through this beginning of this Connectional podcast. We've had really a lot of fun with this first series. Um, this is going to be the last episode of this particular series, the 30 questions and 30 minutes for pastors. We're, of course, uh, taking a little bit of a break with COVID going on, although who knows, we could be pivoting at different points and recording some random things long distance. We hope you enjoyed this last episode. It was recorded at the beginning of Lent, which feels like a million years ago at this point. I hope you have an amazing Holy Week. I hope that Easter long distance goes well for you. I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're staying safe. And we'll be with you soon. My name is Katie Lee. My name is Malachi. And, and this, this is, is Connectional. Connectional. Connectional is a podcast of the Minnesota Annual Conference, the United Methodist Church. The United Methodist Church uses the word connectionalism and calls it a vital web of interactive relationships. You can find us on Facebook and wherever else you find your podcast. Okay, let's start the show. Well, yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm Aaron, Aaron Justice, and I'm the pastor here at Homestead Church. And Aaron is claiming that he's not the most interesting pastor. And so we decided this is going to, you can vote at the end if you decide if Aaron is, you know, actually yeah, interesting. Yeah, right. Like Twitter or something. Everyone yeah. just shoots in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes now. or no. Vote now. On a yes. scale of one to interesting. <clears throat> yes. Where is Aaron at? So, um, Aaron, we do this challenge where we do 30 questions in 30 minutes. All right. If you are, we decide, just, we'll figure out if you're very type A uh, or type B, depending on how much you care about exactly how many questions we're going to get through and things okay. like that. Some people are very determined. Yeah. Um, we okay. could end up just getting okay. stuck on one question and just going ham with it. Which is totally time. fine. Which yeah, is totally yeah fine. one question in 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what a sermon is, right? The first yeah, time yeah, we did right. This, she right. didn't make it in 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, pastors hate to talk, so this yeah. might be hard. <laughs> pastors hate hearing themselves talk. Yes, right? And, yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe just start by telling us so, how'd you get here? How'd you get into this room right now? What brings you here? What brings me here? Dia Cynthia brought me to this room, actually. Um, but you, you mean like in a more larger However you want to answer. A larger it. way. You know, you know, I I graduated from from college with a a, uh, a degree in accounting. Thought I was going to rule the world, right? Money and it was it was the '90s, right? <laughs> so yeah, everybody wants to rule the world was still my favorite <laughs> song, and and so I was like, God, I I need a I need a I need a job, man. I need a job, and I wasn't I was getting nowhere, and and God kept saying, you know, hey, I, I pray, God, where should come on? And He said, you need be a pastor it's like i can't hear you <laughs> i need a job in accounting world god making money driving a little bmw you know the whole rich thing and and you need to be a pastor so finally the the the, the whispering started to get louder and the pounding and like fine i'll be a pastor off i go to seminary get right in right and three years later out the door and then and then i start into you know pastorness and so here i am when was that Gosh, 20, 21 years ago, I suppose, 21, something like that, 21 years ago. Um, this is church number three now, and here I am. And this been here for since last July, 
when uh, we moved up, uh, Cynthia moved us up from uh, La Crescent and Dakota churches down by La Crosse, Wisconsin, up to this area. And we're enjoying it. Just really having a great time here. So wait, you, were you always in the Minnesota world? Then? No, no, I'm from Wyoming. Wyoming and, and not like Wyoming, the, there's a, not a town, right? I mean, the Wyoming, the state, Riverton. Dead center, um, well, dead center-ish, out in the middle of the sagebrush and the cactus, you know. So if you've driven to the parks, Yellowstone, Teton, you, there's a good chance you may have driven through Riverton on the way. Drove there from Bozeman, so. Okay, Bozeman up in Montana. You probably came down through either through Red Lodge, Montana, or through Cody, Wyoming. Didn't quite get Red Lodge, not Cody. Okay, right. there you go. So, yeah, which is great, right? That pass, the Beartooth Pass right there. Oh. I always tell people, good thing it's pretty because you won't get any cell phone or radio service in those mountains. No, no, <laughs> no. That Can You Hear Me Now commercial from Verizon always cracked us up. We're like, sure. <laughs> well, actually, no. Yeah, we can't. That's the way it always is out here. No, we can't. Did you oh. grow up in the Wild West? Then? I did. I did. I'm from Wyoming. I, you know, I, I was from that area. That was my home church, right? So you, it's like you, you're never going to go home again, right? So God really has a sense of humor with me. The, the whole I want to be an accountant, rich, you know, whatever guy, and then I'm a pastor. Okay. And then God, after I graduate, where do you want me to go? Well, my mom had just retired from that position uh, six, seven months earlier. And... Here again, I'm praying. I had this, I had this California dreaming, right? I had a, I had a church wanting me to come out to California. Right? Come on, and God says, I think, I think you should stay in Riverton. Don't it to me again. So, so I stay there, home church, 18 and a half years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That that brings us something interesting because this is um, something I've heard from clergy before about like doing what you feel God calls you to do as opposed to what you might necessarily want to do. Yeah. So how do you feel about the the balance of maybe sometimes being called to a place right? that wasn't your first choice or when you'd rather be doing something else? Yeah, that's hard, right? Because because you got that theology that says take up your cross, right? Follow me, be a sacrifice, do the sacrificial jazz, all that stuff. But then you've got that other idea that uh, Gordon Fee, I really like what he said. If you think God is out there just to make you upset, that's like, that's more demonic. That's not God. And so God punishing you for being, well, you should do something you hate. So that's a tension, right? So I'm, I'm not sure, but I do know that I would often make the wrong choices. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I have a couple of rules, Aaron's rules for living, and the, the list is growing. The number one rule is whatever you feel like doing, do the opposite. <laughs> Wait, tell us a little more about that. All right. Oh, right. <laughs> All right, so you, whatever you feel like doing, do the opposite. You feel like getting angry at the chump that cuts you off out on the interstate. You feel like screaming, yelling, cussing, flipping them off or whatever, do the opposite. Works pretty well. You'll love your neighbor, right? You feel like being angry and selfish and telling people, well, no, no, you, you should do the opposite. Now, some people will be like snarky and say, well, what if I feel like being nice? <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I know. Occasionally <laughs> you do feel like being nice, so do that. But most of the time, at least for me, I'm a bitter, angry little man. And so <laughs> I, I, I need to do the opposite, right? I need to do the opposite. You know, you feel like binge watching Netflix, do the opposite, do something positive with your time. Do whatever you feel like doing, do the opposite. It, it really generally works well for me. 
<laughs> what are some of your other top rules? Okay, then? number two rule is do don't do anything that diminishes you. That. Right now, now this one I'll tell you. First rule was mine. Second rule here is Jordan Peterson, a guy I saw on YouTube, right? Psychologist dude. He's he. The idea is don't do anything that makes you hang your head in shame. Amen to that. Right? Like, like okay, Aaron. So getting mad, what you can tell, I've got a problem with like anger. I'm, <laughs> I'm a I'm a nonviolent pacifist guy with an anger problem. Cracks me up. Okay. Seem to be coping well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so. Do things that don't make you ashamed. So if I can say things, hey, like, hey, guys, uh, today I, I ate way too many donuts. That's going to make me ashamed. I'm not going to have to hold my head up. Or I was angry at my, at my spouse. Or I, was, I did this. And it's not, if it doesn't, it never do anything that diminishes you. And that's number two, and, and I like that one. That, and that works in the church, in, in my faith world, a lot of, of like uh, sinful ugliness, right? If I, you, you, and you know what I mean. The, the, every, the, the things that always worry us and get at us are the things that diminish us. And so I can say, okay, Aaron, that will diminish you. Please don't do that don't think that don't say that don't be that way um so that's number two that's as far as i've got number two two rules <laughs> two rules i mean of course the whole yeah. christ discipleship thing but those two rules are aaron's rules for living that second rule is really good <laughs> yeah yeah i said that on, on sunday at, at in worship during my sermon and there i think i don't hear well but there was an, i think there was an audible oh <laughs> Because everyone else thought that's a pretty good one too. If you hear that in my sermon, I'll give you credit, but I'm probably gonna like, you know, take that one because that's a good yeah. one. It <laughs> is, yeah. Don't do anything that diminishes you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I like that in the sense too, where uh, I think sometimes maybe maybe this isn't exactly what you mean by that, but this is my maybe my feminist interpretation of it. But the um, I think often like women especially are. Um, made to feel small by some of the ideas okay. about sin where it's like you need to be humble you need to stay out of the way and so okay, okay. the way i'm hearing diminishing you that's helpful to me is thinking uh how can i continue to be full and present in this space yeah nice so nice. all right so i'm just yeah. i'm just bouncing off you. hey that hey. sounds good yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it's interesting because what i tell people all the time is that i reserve the right to like live with integrity and be able to sleep at night and that's like sort of similar to what you're saying yeah. like you reserve the right to be able to look in the mirror and not feel bad about yourself for right. like the actions you've taken in the world and i think that's important right right yeah i mean that applies to everything right you're 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 seeking after fame and money or position or harming other people because you feel bad and all, all the way down to you know looking at pornography on the internet man it diminishes you stop that or or smoking or drinking too much because that that you need a, something to help you forget the pain and no don't do that stand up stand up that, that that's just me so hmm. what where did you uh where did you go to seminary yeah anderson university school of theology which is about 30 minutes north of indianapolis okay and what did you have a favorite uh, class or a topic that you learned Ooh, about seminary? Favorite class, um, I, I dig New Testament studies, particularly uh, historical Jesus. That's that 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 gives me me going. As you can tell, uh, y'all can't see because you're like listening, but but we can look at. I've got 
like my whole little shrine over here to NT Wright. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my NT Wright section, second shelf. Mm -hmm. So yeah. NT Wright. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. met NT Wright one time at so um, cool. at, at my college. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Jealous. He's a pretty cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I ask yeah. how did you become United Methodist or and or why are you United Methodist? Yeah. Yeah, that now now this one this one might get me into trouble. Um, <laughs> I like trouble. Like Go trouble. for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm ordained in the Church of God, Anderson, Indiana, which is a which is a more free church style. It's it's Wesleyan influenced. It's holy. It kind of came out of that camp meeting holiness movement mm -hmm. in the late 1800s. Um, so it's similar in theology to to Methodism, but more in the the camp meeting free style, um, and. And so out in Wyoming, there happened to be a, a United Methodist pastor by the name of Mark Rader, who is now down here at Evangel Church in Rochester. Oh. And Mark always kidded me. He's like, man, you'd make a good Methodist. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Get out of here. <laughs> and so, so he comes back here to Evangel Church a couple of years ago, three, four, however many it was. And, and, um, and he knew that we were making these lots of trips back to Rochester to Mayo Clinic. And, you know, we're rich, but not that rich. And so we were coming back five times. Like, when was it? 2016, we spent five weeks in Rochester um, wow. renting homes, renting, you know, just to go to the clinic. And, and he was like, boy, you guys should just come out here. Um, but there's, there were no of my denomination in the area and so it's just nothing to do and so he he put a bug in ds cynthia's ear he said hey there's this dude out in wyoming and there's this guy and so she wrote me a letter hey do you want to or she called me something like that would you like we have this church la crescent about an hour away from the clinic you want you what do you think it's like well I mean, it's terrifying, right? Because we were gonna, we would, we would move churches, we would move states, we'd leave my family in Wyoming, and we would switch faith groups. So that was totally terrifying. Big switch. Yeah, everything switched, right? And my kids, everything, everything would switch. But you switched your kids too. Yeah, with the kid. Yeah, yeah, we traded kids. You know, we we upgraded. We like to think <laughs> these mind much better. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, and so we came out here um, in a terrifying whirlwind of a move to uh, to to La Crescent Church in Dakota Church in what was that 17 2017 17 yeah 2017 and so and that's that's how I'm in the in the Methodist group I'm I'm like a I'm on loan oh. <laughs> you know what I mean I'm, yeah. I'm on loan I'm mm -hmm. not. My, my, the Church of God Anderson still holds my credentials, and uh, um, so yeah, that's how I'm in the Methodist Church. We came here at the same time to Minnesota, 2017. Nice, nice. So, what what is it that you like about Minnesota? What are some of your favorite things about Minnesota? Hot dish. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Really? <laughs> no, no. Oh my word, no. <laughs> yeah, right. My son, he's from Minnesota now. He makes tater tot hot dish. I'm like, what's wrong with? I've you? never had one yet. <laughs> my house Maybe my kid know the right church lady right? it'll make you one yeah no um what do i like about um what do i like about minnesota well rochester's pretty cool 
right? Rochester's fun, and everybody's from out of town, so everybody's <laughs> really friendly to each other. Um, it's I like I like fireflies. Do no fireflies in Wyoming, right? I like fireflies. That's cool. I dig fireflies. Um, little things. It's, yeah, it's the little things. Yeah. Yeah. What else do I like about Minnesota? <laughs> I'm sure there's something. <laughs> fireflies. That's all I'm we just got. like still the, laughing at fireflies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so simple, but like actually, so they're very beautiful. They are. I grew up catching them in like little glass jars in South Carolina. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Oh, there I you go. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. For the people at home who can't see, I was showing him the tattoo of my home state, South Carolina, which is on my hand. Yes. Nice. Well, nice. I guess that maybe then an easier question is, what do you miss about Wyoming? Ah, I miss the sunshine. The sunshine. In our in our town, like, you can Google it or whatever. How many days does the sunshine in Riverton, Wyoming? And it's like 300 and whatever. Mm. I mean, just sun. Oh, oh, gosh. Sun all the time. So I move out here. The first couple, the first year, whatever, in La Crescent Church, I, I called it La Cloudy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they sometimes they when I'd say that from up front, they would give me the stink eye. Like, hey, so yeah, I miss the sun and I miss the mountains. Mm. The yeah. mountains. I miss the mountains. the mountains. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, we used to, you know, the church, the church I served at, the building was up on top of a butte, so you could see the Wind River Range out one side, and you could see the the Absaroka Range out the other way, and it was gorgeous, right? So, yeah. how do you think that living in Wyoming has has shaped you? It shaped the ways that yeah. you see the world. People live in Wyoming; they're hard. They're hard. They're nice, but they are very hard. Um, and so I'm hard too. I remember in seminary, one of my professors, John, John said, "Aaron, you are the poster child for individualism, <laughs> uh, because, right? Because that's what you. Wyoming is. Don't bother me. Take care of yourself. Do your work. Fix it yourself. I mean, that you live there because you want to, not because it's easy. You live. You don't get good jobs out there. You live there because you want to. And so it shaped me in the way that it kind of made me that individualistic, a little harder edge." Um, which and these aren't positive things, right? <laughs> Boy, um, give me an accent too. Mm. It gave me an. I don't. I can't tell it, but some people say you have an, the weirdest accent I have ever heard. <laughs> and I'm like, they do. <laughs> so anyway, so so there's that. How has it shaped me? Um, yeah, individualism, get it done, kind of. Uh, yeah, a little harder edge, individualism. And it's made me really nice and, and pretty. <laughs> I'm pr I'm prettier. Give oh, me perfect. Give me a good tan good. too, right? I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> for those for those at home, he is indeed pretty. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, but not hey, tan. Not anymore. <laughs> not living here in La, La Cloudy. In La Cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You got a face made for brochures. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Nice. Yeah. What do you think about the United Methodist Church? Like, what's been your impression joining it? Well, you know, um, coming from a freestyle church, um, I really like the structure because it gives, um, it, it solves a lot of the problems that you would have in those more congregational style churches, right? It gives a little more coherence and, and direction to it. 
Um, I, I really like that. And, and having somebody have your back, you know, like Dia, Cynthia, she's awesome. I, I like just, you know, like, hey, she's, she's there for me. I Shout can call her. Shout out to Cynthia. We love Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, that, that's really great that you can call, you can have people drop by. So I really like that structure. Now, on the other, the other side of that, it's, sometimes it gets in the way, right? Mm. And you're like, man. I can do this and that and this and but you got to follow the rules mm. so that uh, but I really I really like that that structure that it gives and it, it helps kind of facilitate sometimes so I like that a lot mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so I like I like when I was when I was uh, interviewing to switch over one of the ladies from the oh what's the what's the decom or boom I bet it was the boom I can't remember the acronym. She said, well, what do you think of, of United Methodist polity? And I said, ma'am, I know nothing of United <laughs> Methodist <laughs> polity. I will let you know. Um, and so I'm still learning, uh, but I like it. it. It's good to have support, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. So I like, I like that a lot. And the connectional stuff, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. What are you loving about being at Homestead? Ah, Homestead. Homestead. Well, these 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 folks are great. These folks are great. These folks are ready to roll. Um, you know, there's they're they're they've they've been through a lot. They've they've taken a chance. They they've moved their building, their location. They're ready. They're, they're ready to do stuff. And they're really a fun group of people. They turn out for stuff. Um, so I, yeah, I really like it. The, they're very supportive. They're they're ready to roll. I'll give you an example. We're having nightly communion during Lent, um, and last night we had eleven people. You know, so I when we first started, I wasn't sure is it going to be me, me and me. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I'll do it myself. Um, but like last night, we had eleven, and we've been having six, seven, eight, ten people at a time. So that that kind of exemplifies these folks are. Are ready to do it. it it's really great um, so we're we're gonna and they'll put up with my nonsense and my some of my creative ideas and so I, I'm looking forward to what we do here are you we, saying every night or weekly? every night every night Mon- Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday not Sunday because we do it wow. in worship every night at 6 p.m. we're here so what made you decide to do that what well drew you to that? okay uh, well being from the more of the free tradition and not the the more liturgical tradition um you know I, I followed the church year in my my previous faith group but in this one it's followed a little closer and during lent you know that whole sackcloth and ashes thing i'm like okay jesus brings new creation right new creation behold the old is gone the new has come i think we should celebrate that rather than once a year for 40 days being like, oh, I'm so awful. <laughs> you know, oh, man. And right, if you're, if you're a neurotic person, you'd like that all the time, <laughs> which, which I am, right? I need to be less neurotic, which I'm trying to be. That's, maybe that's rule number three, be less <laughs> neurotic. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, let's create, let's, let's, instead of being, oh, I need to give up chocolate, because you're really not giving up chocolate because you want to be with Jesus. You're giving up chocolate because you eat too much stupid chocolate. And, um, I Don't said, call chocolate stupid. I love chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have torrid affairs with chocolate more often than I need to. But, but I was like, okay, so let's celebrate. Let's grow. 
in Lent, let's not take stuff out because it never really works anyway. Let's put stuff in. Let's create. Let's 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 fill up. Mm-hmm. And so on Ash Wednesday, we did the ashes, but I didn't say, you know, hey, you're going to die soon. I was like, let's think about from ashes comes new creation. Mm-hmm. And then after our worship in the sanctuary, we came out into the into the main room f- fellowship hall mm-hmm. and we planted flowers. Um, I gave everybody potting soil. We all planted little flowers to plant and keep and water all through Lent. And we're going to well, I say, hey, take this home and plant this in your yard. And it's a it's a big white poppy, right? Hmm. So they can either make opium or they can make, <laughs> <laughs> or, great. yeah, it's great, right? It's just, that's how we're paying off our new church building. We're selling <laughs> heroin. <laughs> anyway, so you can, it's this big flower. So you can look at it all summer long and say, out of ashes, new creation. And that's what God's doing in us. So that's where I wanted to go with Lent. That's that's kind of where I went. Yeah. I love that. Me too. With uh, so I actually work a couple different jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am waitressing at the American Swedish Institute. Cool. Uh, there, there's a Swedish Scandinavian cafe called Fika, and hmm. there's this been this symbol that's staying with me this Lent, which is that. Uh, do Do you know? Do you have much Scandinavian background? Have you ever heard of a semlar bun? No, ma'am. Okay. I, yeah. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, E-S-E-M-L-A-R. Similar. Similar bun. So uh, what this started as was a Mardi Gras pre-Lent tradition. So it uh, years ago in Sweden, they they have these cardamom-based brioche buns with okay, almond yes. paste in the middle. Yes. You've had this? I know these. Yes. Okay. And, and then whipped cream that, like, comes up above it, so it's like a big filled donut with powdered sugar on top. Uh, so originally it was celebrated before Lent, and you had to stock up on your similar before Lent started, but now uh, they just eat them during Lent. Mm. They decided, okay. let's not just do them the Tuesday before Lent, let's just do them every Tuesday during Lent. Uh-huh. And so this has been a symbol for me this year because I feel like based on the weather in Minnesota, like we really don't need to give up anything else in the season of Lent. Like you're already sort of giving up the joy of nice weather. And so it's like, let's have a similar bun Lent. Like let's like go. let's put something in this Lent. Life is sweet. Life is sweet. Life like is what sweet. can we savor in the season of Lent? Yes. I happen to think that winter in Minnesota is very nice just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> How difficult you you spoke earlier about um having more lucrative career options and instead yeah, yeah. doing this. How long did it take you to make the decision to yourself and I suppose to your family? I don't know if you have right. one at this point right. about um trading away uh financial security yeah. uh, for the sake of putting your heart into ministry. You know Malachi, I think that's I think that's constant in ministry, right? I mean for crying out loud, it was funny when I when I switched over going into seminary. You had the school f- forced you to take psych evals, right? I guess to see if you were a bell tower shooter or what. But um, so so Stoneberg he says, Aaron, he was just the, the evaluator. Aaron, it looks like you're you're angry about something. It looks like you've had a loss recently in your life from your test. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I get. I gave up my this path that I thought I was going to be on, and and I know because my mom, 
has been a pastor for how many ever years now at that point. My mother has been a pastor. Her father before her was a pastor. I know where this is going. <laughs> and so I suppose I'm a bit angry and bitter. Um, but I kind of came to grips with that. And, and you know, like I said, my, my first church out of, out of seminary was $500 a month. So you know how that goes. You, 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 you make these, you, you willingly take up sacrifices for things that you feel are important and worth that sacrifice. And I do. I, I think this is willing, worth, I'm sorry, I am willing to say this is worth that sacrifice, this giving up these things, because those things are, are superficial. Those things are, yeah, they look nice, but they, they don't last, right? Things are just things. Things are things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm okay with that. My next question, you may have already answered. Um, do you have a favorite author? I do. I do. N.T. Wright. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. N.T. Wright, he saved my faith a couple decades ago. I was on my way to atheism, and he saved me because I grew, I grew up. Can, can I tell a story? Yes, Please you do. Okay. Yeah, well, I, it's kind of off topic. But oh. I was, you know, you grow up with that old-time religion, and it's not anybody's fault, but it's that kind of that... Now, Methodism doesn't quite understand this being of a more mainline, non-evangelical flavor, but growing up in the more evangelical side of, of Christian faith in America, it was more more kind of do the rules, don't do don't do the don't do the stuff, so you get to go to heaven when you die, right? And that kind of puts you, and in, in, in it kind of put me in a bad place because I I, I hadn't. I couldn't make the connection. So wait a minute. God makes the rules. God's angry. You don't keep the rules. You get you get slapped. Go to hell. That doesn't make sense. And so I was kind of. And by this time, I I was graduated from seminary. I was pastoring a church. Wow. And don't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> so this is just between us. And. And so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, right? I mean, I can still see the books in this room that I bought. Where, 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 where are they? Like there's an Alistair McGrath right, right in that section called, oh, right there, Doubting, and a Douglas Hall from Canada. I like him. That's why Christian, right? These great books on, and none of these really helped until I... <laughs> <laughs> Right, and so okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, and so and none of these help, and and so then I started to read. No, I started. I was running at the time. I was a long distance runner doing triathlons and stuff, and so I was listening to podcasts, lectures, and I thought, well, you know, this N.T. Wright guy's supposed to read one of his books in seminary, but I never did, and so I started listening to him. And he and if for for your listeners who don't know, he's a he is a New Testament scholar in England. He's Church of England's um, one of the preeminent New Testament scholars in my thinking. And the way he laid out Jesus and how Jesus fit into God's uh, plan of creation all the way through the book, all the way to Genesis. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the last that book? Last one. Revelation. <laughs> yes. And beyond was, was it just clicked for me and saved my faith. And I can believe this. And so I, yeah, I, my favorite author is N.T. Wright because he speaks, he speaks Aaron, man, I, I picked that up and I can go and I can believe and I can be all in with that. Okay, well, my next question is of a similar vein since we're getting close to the Bible. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Bible story, favorite story in the Bible, favorite passage, favorite 
Yeah, you know, last year my mother-in-law, they were up visiting from Indiana, and she and we were talking there. And what's your favorite Bible verse? I said John, chapter twenty, verse one. Early on the first day of the new week. And she's like, "Shut up! No, tell me." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, no, that's it. John chapter twenty, verse one. Early on the first day of the new week. Okay, because that's that new creation stuff." Right. Because we've got Jesus. We got the we got John. Right. We got Jesus being the new Exodus guy. We've got John chapter one in the beginning. It's a Genesis account. Right. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. It's a, it's a Genesis account of, of new creation in Jesus. And it's seven days. Go figure. And but during but during that time, you've got. Oh, when is it like. Jesus being presented. Behold, here is the man. Right, the new Adam, and then and then he's he's crucified and he's put on Saturday. He rests, just like God rested in Genesis on on Saturday, and and then and then and then and then Sunday morning, Easter, John chapter twenty verse one. Early on the first day of the new week, and John mentions it twice. New week, so we better pay attention because he also mentioned it in verse nineteen. Verse nineteen. New week, the new. Jesus steps out of the tomb to new creation. The old world of death and sin and violence and hell is put aside in the crucifixion and the resurrection. Jesus steps forward as new creation, resurrected, bringing to all of us that very same thing. Right? And then one of the ladies mistakes him for the gardener, and he is the gardener, the gardener of new creation, the new, you know, and yeah, that Genesis, uh, John 20. One. Now that you're in the world of us Methodists, mm -hmm. uh, do you have a favorite Methodist, uh, living or dead? So historically, or a current person? Uh, have you ever even thought about it since you didn't really grow up? In this you know, I don't have a favorite Methodist. Um, it, the ones I'm hanging out with now are pretty cool, Aww. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. We, I I don't have a favorite Methodist. Um, yeah, I I I don't. I'm. I don't have much favorites and much of anything. I, I like just a lot of stuff. I, I'm curious mm. about, um, so when you're talking, you've had this theme of new creation yes. that comes yes. over and over again. Right. And I'm curious of uh, what, if there's been a significant moment in your life where, uh, I know you shared a little bit about that time when you were feeling a lot of struggles and doubts about right, the Christian right. faith. But when's the time that you felt like you were made a new creation? in a little airplane, 19 seater over Fort Collins, Colorado, when I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was it. It's, okay. So Riverton, tiny town out in the middle of the state, well, for man, Wyoming, it's a metropolis. It's 10,000 people. Right. And so, but to get, I was always flying back to school to, to Indiana. And so this was when I was an undergrad and my, you know, you grow up in the church, you're like, yeah, whatever, that's mom and dad's faith. And uh, and you know all the stories, you got all the Sunday school answers, but you haven't internalized it yet. And so I hadn't internalized, I knew all the answers. But so um, I'm, I'm like kind of seeking along. And then to get from Riverton to Denver, you get in this little puddle jumper plane. Every seat's a window seat. You can talk to the pilots up front. You can see all the bells and the whistles and the, the dials. And coming across the front range at Fort Collins every time, it's a roller coaster. It's, and if you're kind of afraid of flying, 
I would not recommend it. <laughs> okay, the big planes are great. Little planes suck. Yeah. And so we hit something, man, and the plane was just, it was like a rodeo. <clears throat> and I was watching the dial, and there's, there's, there's like warning lights. I thought they were warning lights going <laughs> off and you know I'm like I'm going to die and in that moment that moment right this is my moment this is my moment I had this I, I, I kind of had that Jesus moment right where I was like if I were to die right now what would happen to me and I had this 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 peace come over me like I gotcha I couldn't stop smiling for two weeks I couldn't stop. That was my moment, right? Sophomore in college. Man, I, 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 sophomore, junior. Junior in college. Couldn't stop smiling. And I went to every church service I could find. Didn't matter what church it was. The, the people at the dorm, my wife, April, she's like, yeah, everybody knew you as Aaron heading out the door to Bible. You going to church somewhere. Hmm. As often as I could because I just had that new creation moment. And I was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a beautiful beautiful moment for me I'll never forget that and and that works for me that's not for everybody but some people are processed some people not that was my thing that was my thing sounds like just every junior and college boy I've ever met yeah right <laughs> <laughs> on their way to bible study on their way to church yes yes that was me <laughs> Aaron two shoes goody two shoes <laughs> I'll tell you what We've only made it through 20 questions. Oh, man. We're at minute 35. I know. I knew you were a storyteller. I knew it. I felt it. I knew it. (laughs) Maybe we could get, uh, before you go, I would love to hear one of our favorite questions. Uh, What is one of the most ridiculous moments you've had in ministry? Ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, gal in church was having trouble with her husband, right? So she was, you know, when you have trouble in your life, you look for outlets. She wanted some, and uh, she would. She 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 wore this short skirt to church. It was so short, and she sat up front, right? And when she would sit there. God forgive me. You could just look all the way up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know how hard it is to preach with underwear flashing you all the time. And yeah. And you know, and, and that might be the most honest answer we've gotten yeah. on the podcast. Oh. I like you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she, she, yeah, she, she wanted, she, she, she was a, uh, she was in, in trouble in her own mind and needed an outlet and, yep. and kind of wanted to, to find it in, in somewhere in the church and it wasn't going to be me. And so I, <laughs> I, I, I was very careful, uh, 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 from then on out. Amazing. Yes. And you both recovered. Yeah. Did you say something there about it? Or did you just, just let it go. I, I let it go Small because move. You, well, I you you know how. I, but I was never alone, right? I mean, right. shoot, I took pro- protective measures in, in that way. Uh, but you you know when, when people are kind of getting that, as a pastor, you can see it, right? 
the, the, the storm clouds are building, you're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna blow out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. You're either gonna get healed or you're gonna blow out. And mm -hmm. if you're not looking to get healed, so so they unfortunately blew out and didn't didn't get the oh. healing they want they needed. Mm -hmm. So and I, I I wish them well. I hope I hope yeah. they're doing doing good. Oh. I yeah, hope amazing. so too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Prayers for them. Yeah. Prayers yeah. For them. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Life is hard, but sometimes we gotta. Sometimes we look for attention in all sorts of places. So. We do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We all oh, do, yeah. don't we? We do. We all do. So, uh, any closing words before we depart? Okay, you get the last word. Oh, I get the last you word. Do. You're the guest. Oh man. You know what? I'm just. I'm just really thankful that uh, being being on loan to the to the Methodist Church here that that I've been uh, given an opportunity and trusted. So, you know, and you guys sitting here talking to me, it, thanks so much. And thanks to everybody that's believed enough in me to give me a shot and, and let me be here. So mm -hmm. I'm really thankful for that. Good. Thank you so much for letting us come and invade your office and your time. Yeah. And it's been a blast. It's been a blast. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you.